Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. Uh, and I'm a sad, mad thing boy man. Okay, uh, why is that? Oh man, I just got a lot of shit going on. Uh, work sucks, uh, as you know, because everybody knows, because Blink-182 wrote a song about it. Yeah, that's true. That's not true. They did. They wrote a lyric work, about it. Work but... sucks. I know. Where are my roses? By the stairs. You know, surprises let me know you care. <laughs> uh, you're a fucking nerd. It's true. Good to good to talk to you. Good to be here. Wait, can we talk about it? I thought I was having a bad fucking week at, at work and then and then I Bill showed up. <laughs> and then there he is. <laughs> like a <laughs> Like a majestic eagle soaring down through the skies <laughs> to make us feel better about ourselves. It's like fucking the Matt Foley sketch where he falls through the goddamn table and... <laughs> here's Dan, here's Caleb, there's Caleb, here's Bill, and fucking smashes the table. So just, uh, just remember, what everybody... What a disaster that was. If, if, you, if you think your work week is bad, just remember that Bill, our idiot friend... Uh, he deleted uh, a spreadsheet, I think, he said, with uh, millions of rows of data on it. And it was somehow yeah. unrecoverable. There, there apparently was no backup, and it was, like, all the employee data for the company, which was, like, what do you say, like, 1.1 million or 11 million or I, something, some absurd number of I'm lines now of looking text. for it. 101 million rows of data gone in two seconds. Oh I, I deleted the entire reporting team's database. Oh my god. Well. <laughs> what a... Whatever member of your team has the, the least tenure there uh, is the one who did it. Yeah, exactly. You make them fall on the sword for you, and then <laughs> uh, you move on with your life. How is Bill still employed? I'm assuming he's still employed. He's fixing uh, it, but he's employed. Oh my! I don't even know how one would fix that. I I can't imagine how you would. There's no way. No. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm fucking irritated and annoyed. I uh, of course, as you know, I was running a bit late. I I just like laid down and fucking stretched my legs out for a bit and fell asleep and woke up to at like 630 uh, to Vanessa saying, hey, there's like some guy at the door asking about, you know, our electric. And I was like, Yogi, Yogi, Yogi. the fuck are you talking about? It's 630 on a Sunday. Who could possibly be here? And like, so I go out and this guy's like wearing a like a jumper that says like generic something about electricity on it and he's like hey we're 
you know, seeing what people's rates are and shit if you have a power bill so we can see if you're overpaying. And I was just like, I was like, I was tired. I was like, what? I was like, what, what are you possibly talking about? Um, so like after talking to this guy for a couple minutes, uh, who like didn't properly identify himself, he was like trying to get me to like give him my electric account number or something. Maybe oh, no. I guess I don't know. I was just like, dude, I don't give a shit what my rate is. Like the fucking the power company sends me a bill, I pay it. That's the end of the discussion. Like, if this is something legitimate, why why is this not a letter? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> So I don't know if he's just, like, going around trying to scam people or, like, if he just has actually the worst job of all, but I don't want to fucking talk to the guy. Well, yikes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That was a weird one. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'll say this. I, I was having a very busy week at work, which uh, kept me from complaining too much uh, until Friday at about 2 o'clock. And at Friday at 2 o'clock, I get a check request that comes across that they had mentioned that they wanted to try to get it printed uh, before the end of the day, which it's Friday at 2 o'clock for me. I'm leaving in three hours, and typically we, we shut off check printing until, you know, the following Monday as of 2 o'clock. So the check's late. The check request is in late, and it's for a reissue for somebody. And I'm like, I'm not reissuing this without actually stopping the payment because i haven't even done that this is the first time hearing about this if you wanted me to stop the payment earlier i could have done it earlier in the day but you, you didn't do that you elected to make it available to me now so i told them like look i'm not printing this and then they're like well even though it's california and we're telling you that we're going to accept the funds and blah 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 uh, who do we need to get to to like who do we need to talk to to get this done and then they're like oh we're going to talk to your manager uh, and by manager, I mean, like, not my manager, but my manager's manager to get it fucking done. Uh, let me tell you the last time that fucking happened. It was seven years ago. Also regarding California, I fucking mm -hmm. hate HR people in California. Just because some asshole <laughs> lost his check and can't and, and like, you know, didn't put his address in the system correctly or whatever the reason uh, doesn't mean I should be immediately issuing a fucking check for this person. Because they are terrible at managing their funds. If you want it as soon as possible, correctly, every fucking time, get direct deposit. I'm not reissuing you a check. Uh, needless to say, I, re I reissued the check, but uh, I was uh, very upset. As soon as I issued the check, I logged in the check log and logged off for the day. I said, fuck this. <laughs> because I fucking hate when people try to overstep me in order to get me to do something. And then Bill yeah. deleted an entire database, so that made me happy. Yeah, my my stupid thing at work this week was like, uh, so this was like something going on before I even got like transferred to this other store. There's a guy that like was looking for a quote on like a certain product, and like I guess the the guy at our store like wasn't getting back to him or whatever. Uh, so it's like, okay, I'll take it over. You know, I'll grab. You know, all the documentation from him, send it in, try to get you a quote put together, uh, and did so. And then 
like after I sent it to him, the guy is like, oh, no, this. This uh, quote that you derived from the exact thing that I sent you regarding like the specifications for our job is wrong. It needs to be like this and like sent me like a fucking hand drawn sketch. And I was like, all right, man, whatever, you know, send that in. Sure. To the guy who who quoted it for me and fucking, you know, he gives me an update, whatever. Um, send it back to the guy. He's like, oh, no, it's wrong. It needs to be like this. And it's like, what? 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 This this happened like four. Like there were four separate iterations of this, at least. And now, like. The other day, he he called me and is mad at me because the guy hasn't gotten back to me about it. And I was like. Okay, so but but like I gave you that and you changed it like a a fucking thousand times. Right. And like, also, I'm I'm a salesperson. I'm not an engineer. I don't know the first thing about designing like uh, because it's for like, you know, part of a structure that has to have like some engineering specs attached to it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know the first thing about, you know, designing this. I rely on other people for that. So if I don't get a quote back from them, I can't estimate it for you. And like at that point, there's nothing else that I can do. Right. And this guy's like getting belligerent with me. And I was just like, he was like, you know, am I going to have to go somewhere else? And I was like, that would be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That's like any time we uh, like somebody like loses their check in the mail. Or like their their bank is like, hey, we don't have your direct deposit. Uh, and we look and it's like, hey, uh, your account number is exactly what you told us it would be. And the the person gets fucking mad at us because we put it in exactly the way they told us to, and it was wrong. So then the money goes missing, and we're like, I don't know, man. It's your responsibility to be accurate. Yeah. I don't know. People are stupid. It's true. I don't know. It sucks because uh, I like trying to help everyone I can, but like I'm getting to a point where I'm I'm getting real cynical, and I'm only really gonna try to help the people that <laughs> are are gonna be like accepting of my help. And the rest of the rest of you out there can fucking figure it out, I guess. Uh, it's true. I mean, yeah, there are people who are willing to accept help, and then those who just want to complain. Uh, and I've yeah. been around for the people who just want to complain. And they're not... I, I normally just wind up hanging up on them. Because I don't give <laughs> a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. I think... Uh, it it seems like I'm just kind of... I don't want to say I'm, like, above reproach, but, like... You know, nobody's gonna, like, actually do anything about me telling a customer that like i just don't want to help you (laughs) as long as i'm not like a complete dick about it and have like a legitimate reason but like yeah i don't know i think there's just some people that i can't help and that's fine they're just people that can't be helped It, it happens you know it's like my job where they ask me the same five questions over and over again it's like guys you know the answer to this. I've told you a million times. Why are you asking me any questions? You should know this. And they don't. They just keep asking me the questions. 
And it's like, at some point, I just want to start yelling at them and be like, are, are you learning nothing from what I tell you? Do you retain <laughs> any information whatsoever? Because if you don't, then you're not cut for this job. It's true. All right. Well, uh, with Bitchfest out of the set, out of with Bitchfest out of the way, let's move into a segment called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. So what do you got? Um. All right. Well, I'm just having some white grape juice because I, like I said, I just fucking woke up. Some guy was at my door. I told him to fuck off. And I was like, now I have to go and do a podcast. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> what do you have? Uh, well, I have the Craft Happiness Project Mend IPA from Foothills Brewing Company. Uh, according to the can, uh, each month, Craft Happiness Project features a new IPA, unique in character, dedicated to raising awareness and funds for a collective need. So have a beer and help us make our planet a better place, one beer at a time. Uh, this is brewed for uh, recovery through the pandemic. At least that's what it says on uh, Untapped. I, uh, for nurses, doctors, like medical pro- professionals and those kind of people. Uh, I don't know what it's supposed to do, but okay, sure. Uh, it's a New England IPA. It's 5.7 alcohol by volume and 35 IBUs. Oh, I know what that tastes like. Don't we all? We all know what that means. Every single person. <laughs> uh, it it's okay. It's not great. Uh, they're giant fucking cans. They're nineteen point two fluid ounces of beer, which uh, you know, considering it, it was a four pack and it was like fifteen bucks for it, uh, that's welcome. You know, getting an additional, basically another beer, uh, for that price. Which I uh, when you pay fifteen bucks for. Other beers that are four packs are only 16 ounces, so. No. I should specifically mention uh, IPAs. Uh, also, I'm still slowly working through that um, that uh, Voodoo Ranger, Devilishly Light Lager. Uh, it's still... Oh, boy. It's still just, like, Miller Lite, man. Like, what? Okay. I'm just mad. I'm, mad at, I'm actually just mad at myself at this point for even thinking that anything would ever make me happy. <laughs> yeah at, at this point you know i'm just setting myself up for failure yep by trying to be happy because i know that i'm gonna be miserable no matter what else happens to me and i should just leave lean into it uh it's true uh so our five dollar month patrons or the patrons who select the patron review uh, level on Patreon. Uh, the thread's up. Ashley has already selected her thing, so she can't fucking complain this time, everybody. Uh, so get in your shit now. <laughs> uh, I bet she'll complain. I mean, I live with her. Uh, and yes. Uh, and then Stacking Triggers, our Magic Gathering podcast. Uh, <laughs> this week, uh, we talked about my fucking local game store and how it's a fucking three ring circus. uh that's funny i haven't even been to mine in a few weeks i don't feel like going out and socializing with people there's a there's still a panini yeah uh which is you know my cute way of saying pandemic without having to confront the the gruesome facts of my own mortality uh, then check out our Discord. Link is in the show notes. Uh, we we chat there about things. Yeah, 
occasionally I'll I'll say that a movie's good and uh people will think that, you know, someone's hacked my account. I know, right? This is a negative podcast. We don't talk about anything positive here. <laughs> All right. Uh let's get into some news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. So in random things that I found posted on Reddit, uh a Squid Game may become Netflix's most watched show yet, uh, according to their co-CEO. I didn't realize that Netflix has two CEOs, one of which yeah, is Ted Sarandos. Ted Sarandos and Reed Hastings are the co-CEOs. Huh. See, I always thought that, like, Reed Hastings was, like, their CFO or something. No. But No, I don't know who the C- I can't remember who the CFO is right now. Ted Sarando says it's for sure going to be their biggest non-English show, uh, but also that it has a very good chance, quote, of being its most popular series, period. We're we're late to this show. Yes, 100%. We'll talk about it whenever we do, I think, soon, sometime soon. Uh, it's like next, next week's week. show. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but, Gerald, if I hear you say, watch the show one more fucking time and driving to your house and beating the <laughs> shit out of you in front of your children. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck yes squid game's coming yes uh so it's already more popular it, well it's likely more popular than lupon which i think uh actually if yeah. you if you go L- to lupon and bridgerton are the top two like non-english Where... series oh here we go uh so oh well that's no. it. that's interesting because money heist. english uh i i misread this uh it says Oh, that's most minutes. Okay, never mind. It would overtake Lupin, a French heist series that is Netflix's most watched non-English language series. 76 million. number two most watched series generally after Bridgerton. And Bridgerton is 82 million. Yeah. Huh. So Bridgerton's their most watched. Lupin's actually their second most watched series ever. That's interesting. And then there's a three P. There's like a three piece at uh, 67 million. It's with The Witcher. Uh, a show, Sex Life, which apparently has a scene where a dude hangs dong in the third episode, uh, and it's his real penis, uh, and that's also been renewed for a second season. And then uh, Stranger <laughs> Things Part Three. Come and, <laughs> come and slam your own penis in the door of this luxury sedan. Ah, thank you, tits. <laughs> Newborn mothers, bring your baby down to tits, and I will pick up a brick, and I will hit your baby with that brick. Come down any time. I will not run out of bricks. My favorite part about the whole Gerald thing and him watching Squid Game is that, like, he listened to, like, one random fucking person on Twitter who follows, like, 900 accounts and follows nobody. But they're like, hey, this Squid Game <laughs> fucking show was really good. Meanwhile, we've done an entire podcast about uh, how BoJack is the best show on Netflix ever. And he's just like, mm, give a shit. And then fucks yeah. off. Yeah. It's almost like people, uh, are really passionate about like pushing their interests on other people, but don't actually listen <laughs> when we tell them things. Fuck you. It's almost Gerald. like that. Gerald, I love you. Please, please come back to us. I don't know what that means. I just haven't talked to Gerald in a little bit. Uh, in, in horny news, uh, Elvira, mistress of the dark is 70 now and still hot as balls. Uh, Netflix's YouTube had a uh, 
a video that they released. It's two minutes long. It's called Netflix and Chills. Uh, meet Dr. Elvira. Uh, did you know that watching horror and thrillers are good for your health? Don't believe us? Hear what Dr. Elvira has to say. Uh, basically, this is just saying, like, hey, are are you aware of, like, cultural icon for the last 40 years, Elvira? Here's a link to a bunch of, like, horror movies and shows that we recommend. Uh, so if you go to Netflix.com slash Netflix and chills, uh, it'll... It just gives you a list of shit that you can watch during October. Uh, Deadflix and Kills is better. Deadflix and Kills. Um, hello, boils and ghouls. Uh, I'm Spooky Caleb. All of these, all of the puns we've ever done for a spooky show are always better <laughs> than anything Netflix has ever come up with. Yeah. Man, I remember because whenever that one uh, episode where I did that thing. It was just like, I, I was impressed with myself because it was completely off the cuff. And you were just like, so taken aback by it. It's like, hey, I did a thing. You did do a thing, and I was very impressed. And we never captured that magic again, and the show's ending. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Actually, seven hours ago, uh, there is a new video called Netflix and Chill's Stress Slashers. What does uh, that even mean? Which which I haven't watched yet. I don't know. I guess I guess it's supposed to cut stress, but it's another Elvira video. So I was I was hoping that there would be like an actual thing on the Netflix platform where it's like, hey, Elvira's gonna like do her TV series thing where you know she'll she'll talk to you throughout the course of the movie, and make it kind of like MST3K, but apparently it's just YouTube. That would be a good thing for Netflix to do. So that's why they're Which not is doing why it. They won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 don't uh, have faith in them doing anything. Anything cool, they're just like, ah, fuck it. We're gonna have cringe shit instead. Yeah. <sighs> uh yeah, uh so here's the question. Have you seen Elvira, Mistress of Darkness? I actually never watched her her show like i've i've always been just oh, no, like this is aware the movie. of her but oh the movie uh i have not is it is it on netflix can we please watch it if it is uh i don't think it's on netflix it's on i want to say hulu has it i mean if it's on netflix of course we have to watch film it. yeah yeah uh it's it's not but hubie halloween is <laughs> oh boy Mist oh it mistress of the dark excuse me oh it's on tubi god bless you tubi i watched it one time because i was like oh look big boobs <laughs> uh makes sense uh, all right, now that we've uh, gotten over our big titty goth girl phase, uh, let's talk about uh, Night School Studios, uh, developers of Oxenfree, which is a, a video game, uh, have been acquired by Netflix, making them the first video game developer under the Netflix brand. So we know that Netflix has been moving into the video game space, uh, and now they have their first developer uh, as they make their move as to being a publisher for real this time. I. I just want to say I'll never get through my big titty goth girl phase and 
you know, don't put words in my mouth. I'm put, some, I'm put something in your mouth. <laughs> uh, this is becoming uncomfortable. Question mark. Uh, have you played Oxenfree? Are you or or better yet, are you even aware that Oxenfree exists? Sure, sure not. Okay. Uh, I I'm aware it exists. That's about it. I I play Monster Hunter Generations, uh, Subnautica, Subnautica Below Zero, and Pokemon uh, Black Two. Those are like the four games that I play repeatedly. And if it's not one of those four games, I probably don't know what it is. Uh, it's about a bunch of teens who go to an island and some weird shit happens. It, that's as far as I remember. Uh, Fortnite? D- no, it's not Fortnite. I don't only just play that <laughs> game. Asshole. Uh, like, I don't know. Uh, it's a well-regarded uh, video game that I don't own uh, and will never buy because I don't know enough about it to ever buy it. So. Here's hoping it becomes like a PS Plus slash Xbox Games with Gold thing that I can download for free and keep for the rest of my life. I don't know. Netflix needs to get into the publishing game. I mean, they've published, what, four? They're coming up with four games now, because there was Stranger Things the game, then there was Stranger Things 3 the game, then there was uh, the Forgotten About that no one remembers ever uh, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance game, and then they're doing a Kate game. Which is uh, a roguelike, which actually looks kind of interesting. Oh, you're doing oh, shit. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah, uh, you're you're racing Do just against the, the fucking clock. Kate Bulletstorm game. Yeah, yeah. that that game I'm actually sounds it. dope. <laughs> Although Julio pointed out that Kate doesn't look like Kate, uh, or Mirrorless with Winstead, and I just went, I don't care. The game looks fun. Well, like, I don't know. The other video game that, like, had a character based on Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it, it didn't look like her. Uh, of course, like I'm talking book. about the Scott Pilgrim game. Right. Because it I'd... looks like Ramona from the comic book. I got what you were putting down. Um, I don't know. Uh, the, the big worry I have about this is it's further consolidation of the video game industry, which has been going on recently. Like, uh, Xbox acquired Bethesda last year. PlayStation's bought about, I think, five studios this year. So there's less indie talent, which I guess makes sense. Like, if you can sell, you sell, and you get, you know, you you take the bag and you run and you you do whatever uh, Papa Corporate tells you to do. But uh, I I don't like consolidation. Uh, I'd much rather have as many players in the field as, as possible. That's why I'm, like, not as mad that Netflix is doing it, but, like, if Netflix got, like, five studios and just went, you're our studios, you will make games for us, and that's it, and then they didn't acquire anybody for ten years, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. They should buy Bethesda. Uh, they would need to buy it from (laughs) Microsoft. (laughs) They should buy Microsoft. Uh, as... Microsoft is a company <laughs> that has a trillion dollar market cap. So no. They actually, they actually what they should do is just buy the the Xbox division from Microsoft. Uh whatever what other stupid things could companies do? 
Uh, let's have. They could buy EA. They could buy Activision. Yeah. They could buy Ubisoft. Oh God. Take two. I just, I just want EA to not exist anymore. Don't we all? Man, EA games were so great during like the Sega Genesis times, though. They were very uh, uh, like against like the whole remastering thing of like bringing games forward thing that was that's been going on, and now they're starting to do it, and we're all like, "Oh, yay! Thank God!" But we're also giving EA money when they continually close stores for not clo- not close stores, close uh, studios for no fucking reason. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued to see what happens with this, but uh, I don't know. Well, stay tuned for more. Uh, what what are they, what are they what are they called? What's that? Uh, Night School Studios. I mean, they're working on Oxen Free too. So unless Netflix is publishing that, uh, don't expect anything from them for a while. Because Oxenfree came out in, I think, 2018 or 2019. Typical dev cycle for an indie game is about five years. So, 2023. So, who the fuck knows whenever they're going to actually be able to uh, make a game for Netflix uh, based on one of their properties. Yeah. Let's make, like, I don't know. Bring back Flash games. You want to do a roguelike game? Binding of Isaac was originally a Flash game, and they've just been improving it slowly over the last, like, 12 years. That is true. I do wonder who else Netflix will possibly go out and buy, because it's not going to be a big company. They're probably going to go buy a bunch of, like, mid-level studios, like a THQ Nordic kind of strategy, but I don't know who's out there for them to... Remedy? No, because Remedy yeah. has... I'm, there are so many possibilities, but I don't, I don't know who they would possibly look to acquire. It's going to be somewhere out of that blue. Uh, the trend generally has also been like small companies ceasing to exist and like just being combined into like huge monolithic companies. While everybody continues to praise indie games as like the only ones that actually are good. <laughs> so who knows? I don't know. Everyone is like, oh, PlayStation, good. PlayStation games, fun. PlayStation games, interesting. And then they're like, oh, but indie game, like, because PlayStation makes one kind of game. It's third person action. And yeah. they're really good at it. But, you know, in order to get anything else, you have to go somewhere other than PlayStation. That's where indie games fill in. I mean, fuck, look at Hades. Oh, my God. What are they called? Supergiant. That's it. Man, what if Netflix got fucking Supergiant? Yeah. Makers of Bastion, Transistor, Hades. There's one other game in there. What the fuck is it called? <sighs> this is going to make me mad now. I'm going to look it up and I, I'm going to know exactly what it, should, what it was. Pyre. That's it. Uh, a game I don't own. All right, that's enough about gaming. Let's talk about uh, Netflix potentially fabricating statistics. Uh, with uh, according to Netflix, to, to Doom was a success with seventy, yeah, not uh, not seventy five, uh, dyslexia slash drunkenness, uh, twenty five point seven million views. Yeah, this the thing that we did that we set our own goalpost for is a success. Go us. It's true. Now. I can't remember if Casey Moore said this on air or off air, but I want to attribute him with this because he is the one who came up with this original idea. The thought is that they did some creative accounting in terms of uh, 
compiling all the views and took all the live streams plus everything that was branded as to doom exclusive or whatever they did like um you find it on like their on their youtube channel if you look for anything that has like the subtitle to doom on it Mm -hmm. they likely counted that as as a part of the number so like uh oh like colin and black and white to doom first look like they they likely put that in with you know the 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 final number which is wrong because it's a separate video but that's probably what they did in order to get this 25 million yeah the uh the cool thing about statistics is if you don't tell people how you're deriving your numbers and doing the math like you can make statistics say whatever you want them to which is the formula for anything netflix does in terms of revealing yeah. statistics. Yeah, which is <laughs> uh which is the same way that the the Republican Party does things. It's I true. guess. I don't know. Uh and this is just to talk about this, but like Netflix is the only company that's really releasing stats, like streamer company that's releasing stats. And we're just like, oh my god, modicums of transparency we love you and then it's just like but it's transparency whenever they want to say they're doing good so like it's not really transparency it's just marketing yeah that's true so uh that's kind of why i've i've leaned away from talking about numbers that netflix releases because they're not useful the only time they're useful is when they actually say it during a uh investor's call because then they have to be truthful about it. And even still, that's just like contextual. Like it's still the two minute thing as opposed to the seven, the 70 percent thing, which everyone memed on. This is everyone else's fault. You all memed on it. <laughs> and then we got less information, less relevant information. So thank you, everybody else. Fucking cucks. <laughs> yes. Ah. <laughs> uh. I'm very passionate about everybody else fucking this up for us. <laughs> All right, that'll move us into downstream, where we talk about some trailers for some upcoming Netflix projects. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line. All right, first up is the trailer for "The Time It Takes." When their relationship ends, Lena needs to stop thinking about Nico and their memories together and focus on herself. During the ten episodes of the series, she will be thinking a minute less about the past and be a minute more in the present, giving it a new perspective on the expression "time heals all the wounds." Uh it's "time heals all wounds." I don't think anybody's ever said "time heals all the wounds." I mean, we talked about it like last week. No one pre proofreads anything that anyone types at the company. <laughs> <clears throat> uh this premieres October twenty ninth. Uh, my birthday. Uh, so with that description, I watched this trailer. I don't know what the fuck this is for. Apparently they break up and then the trailer does this thing where like, as it goes along on the right hand side, there's like video of the two of them together. And then like slowly from the left, a video of just her doing stuff by herself pushes across so, like, halfway through the trailer, it's, like, a 50-50 split, and it keeps moving across, and, like, by the end of it, it's just her learning to be happy on her own. I don't know if the show is like that, and it has, like, two things happening at the same time. I hope not. 
I'll say this, made for a minute and 15 second trailer, so can't beat that. Yeah. And they got, you know, they got to have their cake and eat it too. Here's, here's two and a half minutes of trailer that actually only takes me a minute and 15 to watch. Yep. So good job. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about the trailer. Uh, yeah, if it if it's the show, if the show looks like that, then no thank you. But I think as a trailer, it's pretty inventive to introduce the show kind of like that. Like, mm. hey, I'm thinking about you less and worrying more about the present, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I've uh, I've said this from the very beginning of this show is I, I don't <laughs> think Netflix does a good job. Uh, making trailers that are going to convince me to watch the thing. Because I don't know what this is. Uh, a drama limited series that isn't for us. Yeah. Well, that's that's true, too, but I mean, it's fine. Uh, next up, we got a, a full trailer for The Harder They Fall. This ain't your granddaddy's western. Uh... Check out Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Zazie Beats, Regina King, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield, R.J. Seiler, Edie Gathigi. I think I probably didn't say that right. Uh, Daniel Deadweiler and Dion Cole in this action-packed thrill ride that injects new blood into the Old West. The Harder They Fall is directed by James Samuel and produced by Sean, Jay-Z, Carter, James Lasseter, James Samuel, and Lawrence Bender. Jesus, name what? soup. A lot of James. Uh, uh, gunning for revenge, outlaw Nat Love saddles up with his gang to take down enemy Rufus Buck, a ruthless crime boss who just got sprung from prison. Uh, we had a little teaser for this before. I'm I'm here for it. It looks fun. So. Yeah, I really didn't need to see the trailer. I watched the trailer anyway, uh, and was actually kind of like tuned out because I was just like, oh, I'm seeing a lot of this movie that I don't want to see. Uh, until it actually comes out in full. So uh, there was one shot I don't like, and it's where they basically put a GoPro on the end of the Sazi Beats' sh- uh, shotgun. I uh, really wish oh, yeah. that wasn't a real thing in the movie, but unfortunately it's going to be. But otherwise, <laughs> looking forward to it. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to watch this. You had me at Zazie Beats and Delroy Lindo, so. Yeah, you know, uh, random major character from uh, Congo. <laughs> The fucking, uh, the cast is, like, extremely stacked on this one, so should be pretty good. Next up is a <laughs> a trailer for The Billion Dollar Code, a movie about a mistake that Bill made at work. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he's such an idiot. Uh, actually, uh, what it actually is, uh, it says no one knows this story. Uh, so how did they make the movie? Uh, in Berlin in the 90s, two friends, Karsten and Yuri, create TerraVision, something that seemed impossible at the time, the precursor to Google Earth. 25 years later, the German computer nerds are facing the global corporation in court. The Billion Dollar Code, based on a true story, starting October 7th only on Netflix. <laughs> Google didn't have all their ideas from the ground up originally and stole stuff. Can you believe it? More at 11. Yeah. Uh, Faceless Corporation (laughs) steamrolls independent businessman uh, film at 11. Uh, This this has a lot of people from Dark, uh, which is a widely well-regarded series on Netflix that 
Uh, I've only watched two seasons of that. The, there's three seasons to it. It got the three season thing, although that looks like it was planned because everything was based around the number three uh, in terms of that show. So uh, it's fine. But uh, it could be interesting. I don't know. The trailer didn't sell me on it, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like any other like tech drama. I don't know. I do like that the uh, the top comment on the YouTube, like the trailer on YouTube, uh, it says, literally no one actually knows this story. As even on Google search, there is minimal information returned. It was like, gee, yeah, no I shit. wonder if like on their own platform, Google can control the flow of information. And And now here you are talking about it on YouTube, another platform that Google owns. That is also true. So let's look this up. Uh, Terra Earth. Terra Vision. Oh, Terra Vision? Terra Sorry. Earth just means Earth Earth. Well, I did one R. Uh, there's a Terra Vision Games. There's a Terra Vision Technologies. That might be it. Terra Vision would be a good... Uh, Porn name? Like, stripper or drag queen name. Uh... Where are you located? Are you located in Germany? You located in Germany? You located nope, Miami, Florida. I think this is not based on a real story. Or <laughs> or or and hear me out on this. Uh it's based on a real story, but they changed the fucking name. Could be. To get around an NDA. This uh this doesn't have anything to do with Netflix, but I'm gonna talk about it real quick because uh it's my show and I'll do what I want. Vanessa and I have gotten really into Doom Patrol, and uh, I I made myself think of this because I mentioned like the concept of drag queens existing. Uh, but in Doom Patrol, there is a drag queen whose name is Morally Corrupt, and I was like, "Hey, that's a that's a good one." You were always allowed to bring up whatever you wanted. Yeah. Also, like. <clears throat> I'm not sure why, like, what happened and why the internet is so mad at Sharon Needles, and at this point I'm afraid to ask. I think she did a racism or something? What? I mean... I don't even know who that is, fucking, but I can, I can guess. Twi Twitter, <laughs> Twitter in 2021 is fucking wild. Uh, I've, I've seen people, like... I've seen people, like... Freaking out, saying we have to cancel Jenny Nicholson, who is a YouTuber who does videos about My Little Pony, uh, because somebody made like a photoshopped tweet of her doing a racism. It's like, man, we we really have a short fuse, huh? Can can someone uh, Photoshop a tweet of us doing a racism, and that way we can get big too? <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing as bad publicity. It's true. I don't know. Maybe uh maybe I'll just go on our our Twitter page and say some shit about Albanians. Well, I mean, they did steal Maggie Grace and then Liam Neeson did have to fly uh across <laughs> the the planet uh in order to get to France and get her out within 72 hours on a on a jet that should have left an hour ago. Yeah, that's true. I haven't watched Taken uh, recently. You you can't prove this. All right. Um, our last trailer for this week is Maya in the Three. Multiplayer Courage by the Power of Three on an epic journey to save a fantastical world. 
three outclick outcasts from three distant lands. Three outclicks. the skull warrior, Rico, the rooster wizard, and Pichu, uh, who evolves into Pikachu, of course, uh, and is a Puma barbarian, will join Maya, the eagle warrior, on her mighty quest to stop Lord Mictlan, the god of war, and fulfill an ancient prophecy. Maya and the Three begins October 22nd only on Netflix. Uh, set a remind now. Netflix.com slash Maya and the Three. <laughs> I've never seen them do that on one of their trailers before, but that's kind of funny. Oh, no, that, I, I've seen that several times before. This is uh, uh, an animated feature based on, like, Toltec uh, mythology. So, like... I don't know. Character design looks cool. There's one character who, uh, like, just has, like, a sugar skull, like, face paint on the whole movie. And uh, there's wacky hijinks. I don't know. Uh, I just I just wanted to make a, a joke about the guy being named after Machu Picchu. But actually, like, it's it's the Pokemon Pichu. Because he evolves into po- Pikachu. I mean, also, you have Glow in there. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this trailer? Uh, it looks fine. It looks like Netflix's next foray into animated things. Like, they, they really want to corner the animated market for this year. I mean, we have Mitchell vs. Machines. We had Vivo. We now have this. Uh, wish, you know, despite uh, corporate shill Jimmy Wong trying to finagle mm-hmm. his way into an Emmy it's an, or an Oscar, it's not fucking happening for Wish Dragon. It's just Aladdin, but with Asian people. There, I said it. Although it's been said by a million Man. people already. <laughs> now we are going to be canceled. Thanks. I'm not wrong. Everyone agrees with me. <laughs> I'm just saying it again as for why I didn't mention it among the big stuff. Uh, I'm canceling you for being a, a cis white male on the internet. Fucking bring it on. Can- cancel me, I'm white, I'll come back stronger. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, shit. Yeah, I don't know. I liked Wish Dragon. It's It ultimately was forgettable. Um, I did like Vivo a lot. And of course, Mitchell's versus the Machines is Mitchell's versus the Machines. That movie's good. The movie is good. It's not the greatest thing we've ever fucking seen in our entire lives, everybody else on the internet. That's how I feel about, like, going into Squid Game, because like, everyone's like, oh my god, this show suck great. And it's like, okay, now they're Lumpy Space Princess. Everyone calm down. Lump off, mom and dad. <laughs> I-, I realized I was doing an LSP impression as-, as I was making fun of everybody, so I was like, oh my god. <laughs> like, oh lump my off. god. Lump off everybody about uh, this lump game. My pains. I don't know. That makes me think of uh, Patrick, a guy that I worked with uh, when I worked at the circuit board factory. No, uh, Patrick was uh, a gay guy who wanted to fuck me so bad. Wait, what? uh, And was, yeah, he would just like hit on me all the time. This is the first I'm fucking hearing about this. Elaborate. Every time we saw each other, we would do, like, Turtle Princess from Adventure Time and go, Hey, girl! Well, I see why you were so sexually attractive to him. <laughs> hey, give me one second here. Sure. Sorry, I heard, uh, I heard Vanessa getting ready to take the dogs out, and I was like, Oh man, did that guy fucking 
come back and like force his way in and I'm getting burgled. Okay, that makes that makes sense as to why you were slightly worried. There's a you're not a TikToker person, but uh there's a new trend going around on TikTok where Scottish people try to say burglary and they can't say burglary. What do they say? Burglary or something like uh, you'd have to actually watch them try to sound out the I'm word. So, I'm sorry, could you speak in a lower register? I'd like to report the loss. I'd like to report the loss of five thousand pounds. Five thousand pounds? That's serious. You better talk to our detective inspector. What seems to be the trouble, Sergeant? (laughs) (laughs) I told I told Ashley because Monty Python was on Netflix at one point, and I went, "All right, this is the best episode of Monty Python. Every sketch Uh, hits." Every fucking one. If you don't like this, you don't have to watch any more of this show with me. Uh, she did not like any of th- any of the sketches, despite the fact that on this episode that we were talking about are uh, the the police department with uh, differing pitches of understanding. You you have uh, Hitler being Mr. retired, Mister Hilter Hilter being retired to uh, some place uh, and then running for local office there. Uh, you have the upper class twit of the year. Like, there's, it's just the goat Monty Python episode. <laughs> uh, I forgot about upper class twit of the year. This is a ridiculous show. Anything else you want to say about? Wait, wait. My and the three. Okay, yeah, I forgot what we were fucking talking about. Uh, that movie looks fine. Uh, anything else you want to say? Nah. All right, I'm good. Uh, that'll move us into quick hits where we talk about some shit we watched this week. Well, it's October, so I uh, was sitting on the couch today because my back hurt, because time takes its toll and landscaping duty. Hurts. Landscaping duty. Yeah. Landscaping duty. And I did some landscaping duty. Uh, so I started watching Goosebumps, the, the animated, well, actually not animated. Uh, it's like a series from when we were kids of like, uh, based on the books. I don't know why I said animated. Yeah, it's not animated Uh, at all. It's, uh, pretty bad, but funny. The one that always freaked me out was the, the fucking ventriloquist doll. Slappy. Yeah. I don't know what it is about dolls, but, like, creepy dolls fucked up. I like how, for the most part, like, they preserve the the twist and the pacing of, like, the actual Goosebumps books. And, uh, you know, it's basically, like, an abbreviated version of the book that they use as a script for the show. I think the first one was, uh, The Girl Who Cried Monster, uh, who, like... Apparently she's in like an after school reading program because like it's it's a horror show for kids. Uh, so like the librarian or whatever is secretly a monster that eats bugs and stuff. And like uh, the twist at the end of it is like he comes to like try to get her or whatever. Uh, so like. He comes over to the house and the parents are like going to have him like there for dinner to like talk shit out or whatever i guess and he's like oh so what's for dinner and they're like oh we were gonna keep it a surprise but since you asked you are and it turns out that the parents are monsters and also like the kids 
like the girl herself is a monster. And the reason it was scary that a monster was in their town is because like they're trying to keep a low profile and any other monsters moving in is dangerous for them. Uh, so they kill and eat this this other monster. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and then there's the one where the kid goes to summer camp. Yep, and that, like I mean, all this, we all know that one. That one's all this shitty stuff's happening, yeah. and it turns out that it's like it's all just like a government training program for him to go uh, on a dangerous mission with his family to uh, a terrifying place called Planet Earth, and then they point up in the sky, and there's the Earth. So it's like. It's like, where's this guy for the Earth to be that big in the sky? Like, is he on the moon? I think it, I think they did confirm he was on the moon. But that might have been from the book and not the show yeah. itself. It's it's pretty funny, though. Um, effects aren't great. Acting's not great. Uh, there's one there's one character who, like, I think it was in the first or second episode. Uh, this kid rolls up. And then, like, as soon as he starts talking, I'm like, oh, my God, they just ADR'd over this kid with, like, a voice that doesn't match his body at all. And it's amazing. It reminds me of uh, Vampire Assassin. I know you probably haven't watched it, but it's va- but Vampire Assassin is a fucking uh, deliciously mwah, terrible movie. Uh, and there's a, <laughs> a female repo- a female reporter who is an Asian lady. And she like she is just ADR'd over by uh, someone who sounds like a fucking robot. Like it's like your text to speech on your fucking computer. That's how this woman sounds. <laughs> uh, what did you watch? Because like I said, that aside from that, like we've been getting into Doom Patrol, and that's HBO. So uh, if you want to know what I have to say about that show. Uh, catch me outside. How about that? Uh, I've been watching a lot of horror movies because I mean, we're in October now. Uh, I, I showed Ashley Event Horizon for the first time. Uh, she showed me The Descent and The Monster Squad for the first time. However, none of those are on Netflix. Uh, but what I did show her today was a different kind of horror movie for the first time. Uh, it's Beasts of No Nation, Netflix's best movie. Yeah, and also, uh, an actual horror thing from the real world. That's that's and that's what I mean. It's a it's a real life horror story. Uh, where well, not a real life horror story, but like you know, a kid becomes a fucking child soldier. Uh, gets addicted to drugs. Gets raped by a pedophile. You know, it's horrific from that kind of a sense. And then at the you end, seeing just... being uh uh yeah, healed sort of at the end, or beginning to heal. Yes. I guess. You know what you just kind of reminded me of there? You remember the movie Role Models? Yes. Uh, whenever, like, they're doing the, the camp out thing and, uh, you know, telling scary stories around the fire. <laughs> and fucking Paul Rudd is just like, this story is terrifying because it's true. Every year, all around the world, children just like you are sold into the underground world of sex slavery. And the camp counselor is just like, all right, everybody, it's time for bed. It's like Jesus Christ. Three real five me. Uh, I still can't believe they put that in that movie. Good for them. But, uh, movie's real good. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's Beast of No Nation. I own it on Criterion. Uh, it's a Blu-ray disc. Uh, it has such things as uh, commentary tracks, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. It has the trailer on there. I don't know. I wanted it in physical form because I like the movie. 
I want to own it forever. Uh, and I don't know what would happen to Netflix's library if they went under at some point in uh, 20 years. So having it on physical disc is okay with me. I don't lament everything physical. Uh, just going to the theater during a fucking global pandemic. But uh, look, if you haven't watched that movie by now, uh, shame on you. Yeah, it's true. It's a real good movie. Yeah. Uh, so with that, we're gonna jump into a quick break, and I said jump, and you're gonna get all you're all gonna get over it. Uh, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about uh, a new movie from Netflix called The Guilty, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. You thought it would be the old mid-roll ad break, but it was me, the one that's a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure meme. The following patrons have abandoned their human frailty and joined Lord Dio's eternal army. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, James De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Nerd Revert Jason, Sam the Hurley Boy Hurley, Giuseppe Vicaretti, and Dan's mother. If you'd like to become a patron so we can use your money to finally destroy the Joe Star family forever, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Brand yourself as part of our unholy army. Go to netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me what a good job I'm doing as your immortal overlord. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for helping us manifest our stand abilities, which give us the power to watch terrible movies and TV shows and do like rapid punches and stop time or whatever. Seriously, go watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Part 6 comes out in December. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get our main review topic for the week. Uh, the Guilty, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Uh, the Guilty is a brand new crime drama thriller movie on Netflix. Uh, I'm going to kind of show my ass a bit here, but it's uh, way too low at a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. A demoted police officer assigned to a call dispatch desk is conflicted when he receives an emergency phone call from a kidnapped woman. Uh, this is directed by Antoine Fuqua. Or as or as uh, a- Wayne would like to call him, Anton Fuckwad. <laughs> Lord Fuckwad. Uh, and this is based off of, uh, I guess, like I think it's a German film, Dutch. Dutch. I guess now so pleasing you. Yeah, uh, I I guessed because like the name of the the guy who, like the screenplay is based on his screenplay. Uh, there's an umlaut in it, and I was like, yeah. okay, so it's German, Dutch, or Icelandic, I guess. No, it makes sense. Yeah, what did you think of The Guilty? So, uh, big pluses, it's 90 fucking minutes. Uh, this movie knew exactly yeah, how true. much time it should it's fucking take. one of the take. best things about it. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is the best thing about it, because, uh, uh breaking news, uh, top story, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's a really good actor, everybody. Who would have guessed it? Also, Jake Gyllenhaal's about the only thing about it, because uh, he's in every shot, and this is essentially a single-location movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's very COVID-friendly, uh, this movie. Yeah, um, come watch this movie where Jake Gyllenhaal talks on the phone for 90 minutes. And and sells it. <laughs> like, he, he is his character. Uh, so much so that I can't even remember this fucking character's name. 
Uh, Joe. Joe Baylor. Uh, yes. Sure. Uh, we got uh, yeah. other vocal performances from uh, Riley Keough, uh, Ethan Hawke, uh, Peter Sarsgaard. Uh, yeah, Peter Sarsgaard. Uh, fucking um, Zach Braff's friend from Garden State. Sure. Yeah. Sorry, that's where I know him from. So, oh, see, I know him from uh, playing Hector Hammond in Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a, a an unintentional crossover where Peter Sarsgaard's in both of the movies we watched. But like, uh, I, I I watched this movie. And I go, oh, I I knew Riley Keough right away. Like, she's in kind of like any kind of like indie-ish type movie uh like if you need a white woman in a, an indie-ish type movie who has to be in about in her 30s riley keogh is your woman anymore yeah that's true oh my god she was in logan lucky uh i f- i did not know this peter sarsgaard is married to maggie gyllenhaal huh and around and around we go what wow wow uh, yeah, that's okay. I did not know that, but uh, uh, interesting. Owen Wilson going, wow. Wow. It's a fairly simple movie. Like, a guy guy sees, like, like guy gets a call uh, from some woman who says she's been abducted okay. and takes it way too seriously. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess he should take it seriously because yes. he's a 911 dispatcher. But, like, personally, I guess... Yeah, that's probably a better term for it. Like, he, yeah. he goes above and beyond anything he should be doing uh, in order to help solve the case. Um, I just want to say this real quick, because I'm looking at Peter Sarsgaard's IMDb page. Uh, under personal details, because uh, I had to I had to see it for myself to believe that he was married to Maggie Gyllenhaal, I guess. But uh, it says children. It says Sarsgaard, Ramona. Does that mean that he has a child named Ramona Sarsgaard? Or does that mean he has a child named Ramona Sarsgaard and a child named Sarsgaard Sarsgaard? Because <laughs> the latter would be amazing. <laughs> the latter would be fantastic. I, I believe it is Ramona Sarsgaard. Uh, He's a big Mary Elizabeth Winstead fan. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it kind of... Uh, the movie's actually, like, really well-paced. It's... It's it's paced like an action movie in terms of like how it peels back the layers, I guess, mm-hmm. and you kind of find out what's going on. I don't know. Like it's it's like I said before, it's just ninety minutes of Jake Gyllenhaal talking on the phone, but it's punchy. Yeah, and like you said, it's all based off of Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal has to be great in order to sell this movie, uh, and he is. Yeah. He, he does it uh, like he is the reason why this movie is really. Uh, any good because i mean anton fuqua hasn't been doing great i mean people have been lamenting like magnificent seven the equalizer movies uh, and this is like a return yeah. to simplicity for him that isn't like ridiculous i think the only antoine fuqua movie that i've seen was training day uh and i haven't even seen that i've seen the equalizer 2 in theaters on a date yeah, I think Training Day is it. So mm. this is my second Antoine Fuqua movie. There you go. So uh, 
So, uh, Wayne, I don't see what you're complaining about. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmation bias. Hey, the two uh, Anton yeah. Fuqua movies that I've seen aren't bad. Yeah, yeah. Based based on uh, my my sample size, you know, mm-hmm. seems okay. I don't know. Do we? There's there's only so much we can talk about right. without spoiling the thing. Uh, so, do you want to do ratings and then? Kind of do like the full breakdown thing. Yeah, we can. Okay, uh, so we'll start with you. Hit him with the good stuff, and I'll hit him with the slightly lower good stuff. Yeah, I'm kind of teetering just because, like, the the whole movie is just Gyllenhaal's performance, and like his performance for me was very, very good. Mm. So I'm teetering between like a four, four and a half. I'm gonna go with four. I'm gonna go with four. All right, yeah, uh, and I'm teetering on four and a half, or not four and a half, uh, three and a half and four. So I'm gonna go three and a half. Uh, it's a it's a good movie. Uh, it's there's some shots that are very puzzling, but otherwise, man, like Gyllenhaal is so good. I mean, uh, I said when this movie got announced, I'm like, if Gyllenhaal's playing another psychopath, I'm in. And everyone's like, well, if it's ba- since it's based on the original movie. Uh, from from Dutchland, uh, he's not gonna be a psychopath, and uh, I argue he is. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that he's a a cop with an anger problem. Go figure. Yeah, meme template of uh, a bored-looking Winnie the Pooh next to text that says forty percent of cops beat their wives," and then below it is. Uh, a smug-looking Winnie the Pooh in a tuxedo with text that says 60% of cops aren't reported for beating their wives. I was, I was like, what meme template are you talking about? And then when you said uh, Winnie the Pooh in a tux, I'm like, oh, that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a lesser-known meme template, but it checks out. All right, so with that, let's uh, get into uh, spoilers for The Guilty. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. So let's talk first about uh, the actual case that he's, like, becomes involved in. Uh, so he gets a 911 call from a woman. She's like trying to give him details so he can have like the police track this this uh kidnapped woman down. Mm-hmm. Um it's so, like through a series of phone calls, we find out like like she has children at home, so he sends a patrol car to go check on them. Uh they get there and like the little girl uh answers the door because you know jake gyllenhaal talks to her and says you know these are these are police officers they're here to help you and then like they're like oh my god the girl has you know blood on her shirt and hands Mm -hmm. uh so they go and check on the other kid uh who is you know a baby and like the baby's apparently been stabbed so now jake gyllenhaal's like oh fuck this guy killed the baby left you know the daughter there with the baby, and then, like, fucking kidnap the mom. So he finds out, like, who this guy is and is trying to call him on his personal cell phone <laughs> so that he'll pick up. 
uh, and like screaming at the guy like, you should be fucking executed. And like, damn, Gyllenhaal. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fuck, um, fuck due process. Yeah. Which when we find out what he what he did, that makes uh, total sense as to why uh, he is sense. the way that he is. Consistently, consistently written character. Um, he he eventually like gets another call from the kidnapped woman, uh, and he's like, you know, you have to you have to defend yourself, you have to attack the guy, whatever, you know, knock him out. Uh, he then finds out that like she she fucking did it. Yep. Like after she fucking rocks the dude with a brick, she's like talking to him, and she's like, I was just trying to help. You know, Oliver, I think is the the baby's name. Yep. It's like he wouldn't stop crying because there were snakes in his belly and I just got them out. Uh, so it turns out she's a fucking uh, like escaped mental patient, essentially. Um, Like she had been at like an inpatient mental facility. Uh, but then like they couldn't afford treatment anymore. Uh, they couldn't afford her medication anymore. And, Thanks, like, American healthcare worse. system. It was... Yeah, just another another person the system failed cuz like at any given point when you're living in America somebody with an untreated or undiagnosed mental illness can come and fucking murder you. This is a real cool place to live. So then like he's trying to basically like she goes to an overpass and is going to jump and she's like I'm going to be with Oliver. Because she kind of realizes what she's done, and like, then the movie becomes him trying to talk her down, right? Because uh, we find out about his own dark past and like why he's so invested in trying to save everybody in this situation, and it's because he's uh, about to be on trial for uh, killing a person as a cop. Like he was a a cop murderer because it's also you know, as I stated before, it's a movie about Americans. Yeah, and and that's interesting because like it's based on a Dutch movie where this exact like apparently this movie is exactly that like it's pretty much that movie but you know lifted and put in America, which makes mm-hmm. it a bit more prescient than if it was you know in the Netherlands. Yeah, but yeah, apparently like he like there was a a person who you know hurt someone or did you know he was like. Uh, committed some crime, and rather than, like, take him in, do everything right, Hall just fucking shot him. And he's just like, it's, you know, I did it because I could, basically. Right. Uh, and just because, like, the guy should have been punished. In the end, like, he does do the right thing, and, uh, you know, kind of, to to some degree at least, redeems himself. Uh, and, like, pays back his debt to society i guess i don't know um yeah it was one of those turns that i was like oh i wasn't expecting him to just be like yeah i'm pleading guilty to this shit like i i want to go to prison for this because like when uh, and it really took me like reconciling it to understand like why did he do such a thing like why would he elect to do such a thing but then um, but then it's like well he's understanding that like you know he thought he was doing the right thing, but, you know, wound up doing the wrong thing and he deserves to get or deserves to pay for that. Kind of like how uh, uh, Emily does, too. Yeah. Um, here's an interesting piece of trivia for this movie. 
so like you said this is like a a covid friendly movie kind of uh because like you know nobody's interacting with like a bunch of people and stuff uh apparently like somebody who was like directly in antoine fuqua's like social circle that he had had close contact with like just days before the film started shooting uh someone close to antoine fuqua tested positive for covid Mm. so he was isolating uh so he directed the entire film from like a surveillance van rather than (laughs) actually being on set with people that's fantastic yeah (laughs) which might be uh why it was you know good yeah hey fuqua's not on set let's let's all do our own thing (laughs) let's uh yeah let's uh do our jobs good since he's not around to tell us to do our job shitty yeah Probably like Jake Gyllenhaal actually directing the whole fucking thing. I mean, it's just him in a room with a cameraman, basically. Apparently, like, I didn't catch this, but apparently there's a goof in the movie where, like, because he works for the LAPD. uh, But apparently, like, early on in the movie, Gyllenhaal answers the phone and is like, NYPD communications. Oh, I didn't. I missed that. That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. I mean, especially considering the fact that, like, it's centered around the fires and the wildfires in California. Yeah, which is like another level of like wild shit. So it's like uh, the world's literally burning down. Catch me on fire, daddy. Yeah, so. I don't know. Anything else with this? No, I mean, like his his breakdown at the end where he's like, I fucked up everything. Uh, I fucked up, you know, a routine stop of, of a potential criminal and just murdered him instead. You know, that was that was good. You know, I I think it was handled with care. Uh, I know Colby Mack is a bit upset that it's a, a cop apologist movie, and I I don't see it that way. I don't see it as a cop apologist movie. I see it as like yeah, this guy really fucked so. up, like, and he killed somebody, and he's going to jail I, for yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's more that he's like realizing that he shouldn't be, you know, above the law and isn't going to try to weasel out of it, right? And is going to accept the consequences of his own actions. Uh, which is which is refreshing, right? Imagine if uh, police officers were taught accountability, right? Right. So, like, maybe from that aspect, sure, but like that doesn't, you know, people can be good, bad people can be good at, at times. So, I'm I'm fine with it, you know. Uh, like I said, I feel like it's more prescient in America than in the Netherlands. Although that said, I'm not that tuned into what's going on in the Netherlands in the first place, so. Who knows? I could be wrong. Yeah. The only thing I know about the Netherlands is that there's uh, a a villain there who eats his psoriasis skin and his winky was a key. Isn't that weird? And he lost lost his uh, penis in an unfortunate smelting accident. The horror boogie has made me sweaty. I like gold. Still a little upset you made us watch all three of those movies. <laughs> I stand by it. It was uh, it was an interesting thought experiment. <laughs> Sh- sure. But then we also watched Osmosis Jones. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Uh, speaking of shit that, you know, we've foisted upon each other, uh, this week you made me watch Green Lantern, uh, a movie I had no desire to ever revisit. That's right. It's a cautionary tale of Netflix.
Welcome to Cautionary Tales of Netflix. We're Netflix and Swill. You know, one-star movies are terrible. They'll make you want to gouge your fucking eyes out. And that's what this show is all about. Warning people about the dangers of shitty movies. Green Lantern uh, is a, actually a 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb, so it's uh, obviously it's better than Tall Girl. Uh, it's from 2011, it's rated PG-13. PG-13, starring Rab Schneider. Uh, reckless test pilot Hal Jordan is granted an alien ring that bestows him with otherworldly powers and inducts him into an intergalactic police force, the Green Lantern Corps. Where he just goes around murdering people for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, he goes around and extrajudiciously kills, uh, you know, foreigners, <laughs> alien visitors. Uh, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, this stars Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, and Peter Sarsgaard, who was the voice of the guy who kidnapped the woman in the other movie. Yep. Also, Mark Strong as Sinestro. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan as Kilowog. And Jeffrey Rush as the Birdbeak dude. Yeah. And uh, Tim Robbins as Andy Dufresne. <laughs> uh, how, how he's <laughs> fallen from one of the highest rated movies on IMDb of all time to this. Yeah. And Taika Waititi's in this movie. Yeah, as an Angela American Bassett. man. Yeah. Movie not actually as bad as I remembered. Yeah, it's okay. It, look, here, here's the problem it's, with it. Well, there are two big problems. One, the first ten minutes is nothing but CGI. There's not a single actual mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. on fucking screen, uh, and it shows. Yeah. It's like watching the, the intro cinematic to fucking uh, Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I think it actually came out around that time, so... Oh, no, Oblivion was beginning of the Xbox era, or the Xbox 360, so, like, 2006? Was it that long ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess uh, that would have been more towards the end of my college career. I was thinking Oblivion came out kind of early now, in my college Skyrim was times. 2011. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Now I remember. Now he remembers. I don't know, and the other thing is, like, Ryan Reynolds is horribly miscast. As Hal Jordan, like, I like Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I don't think he fits this character because, like, you can tell they're trying to shoehorn in some Ryan Reynolds-ness to the, to the movie. That's fair, yeah. They try to make it comedic. And, and, and that he's, like, a fucking idiot or whatever. And, and it's like, eh. I mean, the comic book purists are like, oh, that's not Hal Jordan. It's like, okay, sure. But also, like, it just doesn't really fit. Like... There's that sequence where he shows up late and then he's in the locker room with Blake Lively and he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm making fun of things and shit. I'm Ryan Reynolds. And it's like, okay. Yeah. I don't get why when he puts on his superhero mask, it makes his eyes change to like a sickly white color. Yeah, no one does uh, because they're CGI. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, even if this movie had been like pretty good like i don't know they kind of shot their parallax wad early like they shoehorn in a thing at the end of it of like sinestro abandoning the green lantern core and mm-hmm. like you know you know like oh we got to set it up for a sequel so you know next time he'll he'll have the yellow ring and found the sinestro core and it'll be just like the comics but like 
your your big threat is parallax and like you just burn that in movie one right off the right off the bat and like also the the pacing and stuff in this movie is so weird that like whenever there's the big showdown with like the world ending threat that is parallax uh ryan reynolds fights him for about 30 seconds and wins yep after like six green lanterns went to face it and were just like immediately killed got yeah got evaporated yeah it's it's weird like yeah you're right like Parallax existing is whatever. Like I feel like if you could, you could have pe- you could show Parallax, have him fuck up uh, Abin Sir, who's played by the guy who plays uh, Django Fett, and then uh, you know he mm-hmm. passes off the ring, and then you know if you want to do a Green Lantern trilogy, he's your final villain. But like you do Hector Hammond as your your main villain, and then you move on, and then you tease Sinestro because you're like, hey. You know, we have this looming threat of parallax. We need as much power as we can. Here's the the Yellow Lantern Corps. Yeah, because that's the thing is by the end of the movie, Parallax is defeated and like Sinestro knows he's defeated. It's like, why does he need the yellow ring? Right. It's just like a, a, a quest for power. Although, like. The only development we get from in terms of character for Sinestro wanting to do such a thing is just like, hey, I don't have use for weak lanterns. And it's like. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, maybe it's also that he was willing to sacrifice Earth that he becomes a villain. But I mean, that's the thing is that we'll, we'll never know because this movie flopped so hard that they canceled the sequel to it and uh, haven't had a fucking Green Lantern in a live action movie since. <laughs> Are they still doing the fucking Green Lantern core movie? Ah, no one knows what DC's uh. doing anymore. Yeah. And it, and we thought that Marvel fell on their face during the pandemic. I, I never felt like they fell on their face. It was just kind of like a, hey, we got to figure out what we're doing again. Like, Marvel is always still going to be like, popular. like, hey, let's get into a legal dispute with uh, fucking Scarlett Johansson I, real I, quick. I mean, yeah, but that was like $40 million and they make billions. Yeah. So it's not like that's like a fucking drop in the bucket. Like, they should have just paid her money and just told yeah. her to fuck off. And then, and then they you know s- dealt with all that and like in arbitration and she's going to continue to work for them so oh i don't think so i think she's done i would guarantee really? she's done i would put money on the fact that I, she's never going to come back she, there was like a there's like a uh statement she made she's like oh i'm excited to continue that we can put this behind us and continue our collaborations or whatever uh, but, it, yeah it, who knows it'll be it if Okay, I mean, I did not know about that, but my guess is it, it'll be a bit before that actually happens. See, I thought maybe she was just going to do, like, a thing in What If. Well, no, they got uh, but... Lake Bell to voice uh, Black Widow in What If. Ah, uh, okay. See, I know nothing about that show, because uh, I have no interest in it. It's it's more... It, the concept is more interesting than the actual show itself. The actual show is actually rather disappointing. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, this isn't that bad. Like, it's 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 a bad movie. Don't get me wrong, but it's not, like, the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. See, uh, I don't know. I actually, actually love Green Lantern. Uh, I would really like to see them do it right for, for once. Come on, guys. Give me a good Green Lantern movie. 
they talk about like Tom Cruise being Green Lantern. And you're just like, eh. And then it's like, I, I don't know who could be Green Lantern at this point. I don't know who fills in that that role, like the Hal Jordan version. Like you could do Guy Gardner. You could do uh, John Stewart, which I think are both more interesting things to do than Hal Jordan. But who knows? I don't know. I don't really want him to do the Hal Jordan version again. I think that like the DC animated films, like there was some really solid Hal Jordan Green Lantern stuff. And uh, I don't know. I kind of kind of want to step away from that for a bit, I guess. I don't know. Well, that's fair. Let's do fucking uh, Guy Gar or uh, John Stewart or Guy Gardner or fucking Green Lantern or something. I don't know. Anything interesting. Just make interesting shit. Actually, I had... Wasn't the Green Lantern core movie supposed to be the John Stewart Green Lantern? I think so. I think so, yeah. Uh, not the... <laughs> not the late night fake news show host. Uh, it, it's a DC Comics character. Not yeah. the... Not Peter... Not, uh, or Peter. Not Stephen Colbert's friend. Yeah. Sorry, I had a stroke. It's okay. Uh, what would you give uh, Green Lantern? It was like a two. Yeah, that's right. It's a two. Yeah. I don't know. I really... Man, I would love to see a proper Green Lantern movie, though. I want him to do, like, you know... Make a make a movie where they have to fight, like, the Red Lanterns and shit. That'd be cowards. dope. Or, you know, just don't make the suit CGI. Yeah, maybe just have Ryan Reynolds walk around in the suit. Uh, that's the other, like, the funniest part of this movie to me was that, like, because they decided to make the the entire superhero suit CGI, um, they give him, like, butt implants. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So... So he's like, in like every scene, it seems like they make the, the body a bit smaller and the head a bit bigger. <laughs> so it's weird. But uh, yeah, he it, it, you've got like dummy thick Hal Jordan. And uh, the clap of his ass cheeks alerts Sinestro to his presence. <laughs> yeah, the, the clap wasn't too loud, though, because he just randomly shows up during the middle of the council of the, the fucking Lantern Corps. And Sinestro's like, how dare you be here? Yeah. All right. Uh, what are we doing next week, Dan? Uh, uh, that's a good question. Let me see if I can remember. It is. I know you, you probably have the sketty pulled up, so I know we're doing Squid Game as the third segment, or like yeah. the the other uh, main review topic. The other one is nobody. Our main review is, is in be, the house. There's, go- there's someone inside your house, and I, I knew it was something like that. So it's so, cl- so close. <laughs> <laughs> I am the pretty thing that lives in the house. No. Never again. Never again. Although that movie has uh, Ruth Wilson, and she's a good actress, but that movie is so boring. That was his name. Oz Perkins. That's his fucking name. Oz Perkins. Fucking piece of shit. Can't make movies that move quickly. Has to make I Am the Pretty Thing Lives in the House and the Black Coat's Daughter. Uh, You know it's uh, over when somebody drops Ben Roethlisberger in a fantasy league. Oh, it's fantastic. In a Pittsburgh-based <laughs> fantasy league. That's how you know it's fucking done, though. That's funny. Ooh, speaking of. 
Let me check my fantasy standings real quick. Uh, you're going to be two and two and one and oh and four and the other. Oh, God. Oh, but I was projected to win. I know, right? Like a lot. I know, right? So stupid. But don't worry. The ESPN League, I got you, bro. That one, that one, <laughs> I get, I, I'm like putting, I'd put money on the fact that I will win you that league. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, I brought it up to my coworkers, and they also think that like the scoring system is really stupid in I, the Yahoo League. I don't understand who thought of that and why they're so. Because okay, for, so for those of you who care about fantasy football, it's like you get points for like if you're a, like if you have a quarterback, you they get point they get points per completion. Uh, people get like points per first down they earn. It's fucking stupid. Like, they're the most arbitrary points I've ever seen in a league ever. Yeah. Who knows? Um, hey, tell them stuff, Dan. You can find the show at NetflixandSwill.com if you want to stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Uh, our Patreon page, where to find our podcast, where to review our podcast on podca- uh, podcast services such as uh, App Podcasts or Podchaser. We'll accept reviews uh, either place, uh, patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill, and then uh, our merch shop where you can uh, buy the shirt that's uh, a two-star review that somebody gave our podcast. Yeah. Also, like, I just really want to quickly shout out my friend Corey Baker, uh, who you know from such events as my bachelor party. That's true. Uh, he, uh, Him and a few friends, I guess, uh, started their own podcast, so... Uh, you can go check that out if you want. It's called Culture Shocked. Uh, it's, you know, the guys they, talking about movies and stuff. They follow us? Uh, they, have, they have one episode out so far, which came out nine days ago. So I hope that they're still doing it. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, their first episode, it says uh, part one of four of like their introductory episodes. Oh, oh no. Uh, and then they haven't posted yet. Oh, no. As of for this recording, so. Hey, friend, let me know. Let me know if you're doing that. Uh, if you if you need I editing you. services, Dan can provide. For a nominal fee. Nominal. It, it is very. I think it's a nominal fee for the amount of work that I put in. Yeah. Um, I will say for a first episode, uh, audio quality, mic technique, pretty good. There you go. So. All right. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, uh, which is how Jake Gyllenhaal feels about, you know, <laughs> losing another one, I guess. I don't know. Uh, look out for new Space Weather music coming in October sometime. It's happening. It's really happening. We're getting more music. Uh, that's good because their music is good. It's true. Uh, and until next week. This is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. 
If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.